I'm David Leggett with Data Center Hawk, and I am very excited to be joined by Craig Huffman. Craig is the co-founder and CEO of Metro Edge. And so, Craig, thanks so much for joining us. We're really excited to get to catch up with you. Yeah, thank you. I'm uh, glad to be here. Okay. Before we were... um, this is actually the stuff probably most people are interested in and grabs them, but just give us a brief background about you. You're from Chicago. You know this area really well. We're going to talk about the Chicago data center market, but um, you know, talk about your journey to to getting where you are today and, and leading the company. Yeah, no, thank you. I, uh, I, I guess you could call me a long-term entrepreneur now. Uh, it feels like I started yesterday, but yesterday is actually 2004 when okay. I became a full-time uh, entrepreneur, which if my kids were here, they're teenagers, they'd say, man, you're ancient. But uh, <laughs> I started a literally at the bottom. I started in real estate. Uh, always had an interest. Uh, it was something that I wanted to pursue. Uh, my wife had a cousin who was one of the biggest foreclosure buyers in the city, and he really became a mentor that taught me the, the fundamentals of value creation okay. in real estate. Um, and so that started me on a path. I started an initial company, had a high school buddy. We bought you know, 30 or 40 properties, flips. We raised some capital. Uh, it was that time when everyone thought real estate only went up 2004 until <laughs> about 2008. So raising money was easy because there's no way to lose money. In so real of course. Right. So I started there and then uh, the buddy I had, we had a difference of opinion. He wanted to keep on residential. I knew I wanted to move upstream to more commercial. And so I actually uh, left that company and then launched a new one that uh, became a real estate investment platform called Ascendance Partners. And Ascendance actually raised institutional funds from high net worth investors. Uh, University of Notre Dame was one of our notable investors. I can say that now because our funds yeah. closed and we made a money. Uh, sure. PNC, Bank of America, a local pension fund, and then some very, very high net worth individuals. That really taught me capital raising. It taught me deal execution. I was able to recruit some mentors to be involved on my investment committee. And I really, you know, I kind of got a second MBA in commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. And along that journey, in our second fund, we made an investment in an industrial property, a flex industrial property in Schaumburg that actually, interestingly enough, had a collection of tenants. One of the tenants was a small data center. And because I also oversaw the operational side, so all of our guys that did maintenance, janitorial, things of that nature, I had to keep my finger on the pulse. I noticed one thing consistently about this property, the data center client didn't call much. The other people were like, it's too hot, it's cold, it's like this and that. I said, how do we get more tenants like this? Now, lo and behold, I didn't know the complexity of this industry, but I come to this industry from a commercial real estate background. And so that's important to note because you'll meet people that may come from more technical, maybe they worked at a larger company. I think it's all of the above. I, I don't know that there's anyone that said, hey, I majored in data centers in yeah. undergrad, got my master's in data centers, and now I'm doing exactly what I knew I knew I wanted to do when I was 15 years old. I don't hear that story much. And I think I am a continuation because at the end of the day, what we have done in Chicago is created a real estate opportunity that happens to be a data center. Uh, Maybe I'll know- pause there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's a great um, that's a great intro. It's always for me exciting and fun to hear how people have gotten into the space. I think your comment is perfect, which is, um, you know, it's like you you basically like by accident kind of evolved into you know this business. And and you know, if you look at the CEOs of 
I mean, some of the largest REITs that are out there, they would say the same thing. You know, they yeah. got into the real estate business and, you know, started to understand this evolving space. It speaks to the um, young part of our industry uh, and how much it has changed over, you know, the last number of years and like what the tenant in the Schomburg industrial campus needed. Very different than what the Metro Edge uh, tenant, you know, needs and will need. Um and so let's just, let's dive into the the development that you you've created uh, the the Metro Edge platform. Like, what was it that um, made you want to start this type of you know real estate venture, which is obviously a data center uh, platform? But just talk about that, and and what was it that made you want to start that? Yeah, so interesting journey. So I ran my last company for about fifteen years. Um, woke up years ago and. I think my wife was asking me, hey, when's all this uh, theoretical money going to be available? It's going to pay off. Built? Right, exactly. When, when is it available to spend? And I said, you know what? That's a good question. I, I've got two investment funds. I've got some uh, value, uh, general partner value in, in, in the funds. And I sold everything. Uh, woke up, we sold all the assets, and it was a great event for our investors. More importantly, it was a seven-figure liquidity event for me. That's important to note because this is not an inexpensive uh, arena. And That's so right. you got to note, okay, there was some capital because data centers are like, you know, building Lamborghinis. You, yep. you don't just take spare parts. You got to get yep. best of the best. So what then happened, once I made that decision, I knew I was going to exit. I began talking to people, just kind of thinking about, because I'm still relatively young. And I met some guys that were trying to advance more from the tech side a business plan to do a data center in an urban area. They were struggling okay. because they were missing the real estate side and the execution, at least to get it to the point where you have the site approval and everything you need is very heavily dependent on the real estate process. So if you don't understand that, you never really get in the batter's box. So started talking to these guys and ultimately saw an opportunity. Um, we couldn't reach agreement on the original business plan. So I moved in a different direction and launched uh, what is now Metro Edge Development Partners. And the business plan for Metro Edge is what we currently are executing on, which is a quarter of a billion dollar plus uh, data center development inside the Illinois Medical District on the near west side of Chicago. And we can get into why we chose that so yeah. forth, but I wanted to give you context on the journey. No, that, absolutely. You know, identifying the site you know, relied heavily on skills that I've perfected sure. over like 20 years. And so, you know, that leads us to the inflection point where we are now, which is yep. we have site approval, but I'll, I'll let you uh, yeah. leave the interview too much. No, that's, that's fine. Well, that's where we're going. But before that, I, I think it's important for people to note that, you know, data center development and, and even like site selection and zoning approvals and all the things you have to do to get a site uh, ready and approved, uh, it's hard enough as it is. But the closer you move to the inner core of a city, it gets harder and harder and harder for and various reasons. And that's, yes. you know, that's Dallas to Chicago to Phoenix to Atlanta. I mean, it's 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 everywhere. And it's never been um, more as as challenging as it has been today. So the fact that you all have been able to, like, get it to that that point um, is really valuable. Talk about the the site. Talk about the development, how big the building is and will be and just talk about kind of the overall um, characteristics of of the development. Yeah, so we uh, negotiated uh, uh, um, uh, for site inside the Illinois Medical District that we on the, at the initial level, we weren't certain if all the approvals would be given. I mean, that's the story of entrepreneurship. You have a hunch yeah. 
you do as much work as you can, but you're never going to have all the information before you have to jump out of the plane without knowing whether your parachute works, right? Yeah. There's, there's just an element of it. So for us, we began uh, several years ago. I think it was like uh, during the pandemic, late 2020, and Ernest began the process of evaluating if we could get site control. The IMD does ground leases rather than fee simple ownership. And so that represented some complexity as well, because in the financing market, ground leases aren't viewed as favorably as fee simple ownership. So there were a lot of challenges before we even really engaged with the Illinois Medical District to evaluate if this was worth it, right? I, because I had successfully sold my business, had the kind of capital you needed to put together a team, put together a business plan and really execute. I was able to bring over one of my key hires uh, in my last company, uh, University of Notre Dame alum that really is our vice president of investments that worked shoulder and shoulder with me. His name is Luke McNiff. And I give Luke a lot of credit because, you know, he he uh, he took a chance. Uh, anytime you join a startup, it can go up or it can go uh, nowhere. Right. Yeah. And so you never know how it's going to turn out until you actually do. So so for us, we identified the opportunity. We began negotiating with the Illinois Medical District which, you know, candidly took about a year just to ground, get the ground lease in place mm. because we were dealing with a pandemic and the Illinois Medical District, which is one of the largest districts in the country, um, you know, is a quasi-governmental agency. And so they mm. have systems and processes that don't get more efficient when we're all doing this virtually. And so that contributed to the timeline and the uncertainty and the capital that I was risking, not knowing if the board was going to approve the terms that we needed. Mm -hmm. um, so. Why don't I hit pause there and let you, if there are any questions on what I said, ask there. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, you know, the other thing I would add to how challenging it can be is anytime you add a governmental agency oh. to something, it, you know, um, anytime you layer that in, man, I said, it's, you're taking <laughs> the timelines get extended. Yeah. You're taking a slow boat. You're not taking the Learjet. You're taking a slow boat. A Absolutely. Boat at that. Well, what was it go. from your standpoint? What was it about this area? I mean, you're from Chicago, you, you know, born and raised and, have, you know, spent your business career there. But what what was it about this area that made sense uh, to you to to do something like this? I felt it was undervalued. I mean, you have 40 plus healthcare institutions in a very tight geographic area, less than two miles from downtown Chicago. Healthcare was transformed in 2014 with the Affordable Care Act in mm -hmm. terms of digitization of medical records, which obviously created the need for many healthcare institutions, hospitals to really rethink their digital infrastructure strategies. And so that was an impetus. And so here you have flash forward to 2021, when we get to the point of finalizing the ground lease with the Illinois Medical District, a hundred year ground lease nonetheless, because mm -hmm. that's also important to note. You can't do a 10 year or 20 year yeah. Ground lease is just not financeable. So for us, we saw an opportunity. We saw proximity to healthcare, proximity to downtown, and more importantly, you know, data centers. Let's come back to real estate customers. Where are your customers going to come from? How are you going to fill this thing up? Because if you build it, everyone says they come, but you know what? No one says is, does that take six months? Yeah. Does that take two years? They sure. may come, but they may walk to you rather than run to you. And so, tell us about the ideal. From your standpoint, the ideal customer, the ideal you know company that you're looking to attract with the development today. Yeah, so I'll take a step back. It's important to define that we are really a merchant developer. Um, people ask, like, hey, is Metroid going to operate, run data centers? As of today, no. Uh, our business plan is real estate is in our DNA. 
I also want to give a shout out to my number two person. My chief operating officer is a longtime real estate executive, most recently at uh, a firm, one of the largest real estate development firms here in Chicago. And he joined our team. It was a game changer because he brings the institutional heft and knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, real estate is in our DNA. And so because of that, the merchant developer piece makes more sense when you understand backgrounds. And so our business plan was design it, lease it, pre-lease it, build it, and then for us, sell it, ideally keep an interest, but ultimately sell it. And we think with the KKRs, the Blackstones gobbling up data centers all over the country, there's going to be a niche for smaller to mid-sized groups that still want to deploy capital and invest in this industry. But the opportunities are a little tougher to get into when you've got the billion-dollar platforms just playing Pac-Man gobbling up. Yeah. Uh, Look at Digital Bridge, right? I mean, they've certainly acquired some of the leading uh, operators of data centers uh, in the business. So, yeah. And your ability, I think, to, you know, do something different than go to the suburbs and build a, you know, 500,000 square foot building that can hold, you know, 100 megawatts over time. Like your ability to differentiate yourselves, which obviously you all have done with this unique opportunity, is, uh, I think today means more than it ever has. Um, maybe for those that, don't know the Chicago data center market as well. I mean, obviously you come at it from the real estate side, but but what, in your opinion, makes Chicago and data, the data center market there maybe unique from other places? Like, what do you feel like makes the Chicago data center market what it is? Well, I mean, clearly you you get to do this all the time. So I can't tell you uh, more <laughs> about the Chicago data market. I don't know. I'm learning all like the time. Come on. I, I will focus on a point. We are in a sub-market within Chicago, yeah. right, in the Illinois Medical District. And I think that also creates a unique opportunity. The, the suburban markets are pretty well-defined. And I think mm-hmm. a point you made earlier I want to revisit, it's tough. It, it has, has historically been tough to get data center deals done in Chicago. Uh, you know, we, we can list all the reasons, I, I think, from residential concerns to just folks worrying about needing to put tin foil on the head because of, you know, brains being fried, you name it, right? There's a, there's a plethora of reasons why people have concerns, power consumption, right? What does that mean for a community on down the line? And ultimately, um, what you have to be able to do is navigate bureaucracy. Yeah. And, I, and I think my background and my skill set was unique. I mean, we didn't talk about my early career. And I'll even go back to when I was a child. Both my parents were educators. They focused on giving back before I understood uh, making money, right? Mm-hmm. And so because of that, there was this uh, early part of my career was defined by that upbringing where I actually was in government, nonprofit, uh, quickly rose. By the time I was 27, I was running a decent-sized organization. All my time was spent talking to rich people about money. And it just so <laughs> happened a lot of those rich people were real estate, commercial sure. real estate titans. Yeah. And so that naturally created a bond. But one of the things I was able to learn relevant to our development is how to look at the public-private component, right? And how to think about a win-win. I think oftentimes when people approach municipalities, particularly large cities like Chicago, it's understanding what are they worried about? Mm -hmm. What are the things that they're trying to protect, sometimes incorrectly, but also what are the things that you need to highlight on the public benefit side, right? One of the early pushbacks we received from the city was, Eh, data centers don't create enough jobs. Well, we quickly explain this is a vacant piece of land that's been vacant probably longer than I've been alive, and mm-hmm. I'm 53. And you know, seeing something here 
right? Certainly something that also is future facing, yeah, right? Sure, the irony sure. is we, we were talking to city officials via virtual platforms. And at one point I said, you all do realize we're using technology supported by data centers, sure, right? Yeah. So you're arguing against more data center infrastructure at a time when you should be looking at more, yeah. right? And then flash forward to 2023, the office market certainly is going to experience more turbulence than less. Yep. And so for major cities, where are your opportunities, right? Mm. Digital infrastructure is not going anywhere. Real estate, pockets of it, office, uh, traditional, well, less so a traditional industrial, but a lot of the sub markets are facing headwinds because of interest rate risks, financing yeah. concerns. Yeah. And so data centers have risen as an opportunity but also a challenge because they're yeah. so complicated. This is arguably the most complicated type of real estate asset sure. I've ever been involved in. And I've done retail, I've done office, I've done everything under the sun uh, in the funds that we raise, but this by far is head and shoulders, yeah. right? by, by net, by a horse. Sure. This is the most complicated industry. Uh, and I also think because of that complexity is why there's so much upside in this industry. Yeah, because absolutely. barriers to entry are significant. Yep. Uh, I joked early on and said, man, this is like going to Vegas and being walked into the high stakes poker room, right? <laughs> Where if you don't have a million dollars to put on the table, it's true. And comfort with losing it and not losing sleep, then you're in the wrong room. Yeah. You said like 10 quotable things, <laughs> like from a real estate perspective for people trying to understand the data center space yeah. that, I mean, it's so true. Uh, you know, and and there's the good and the bad of that. I mean, the good thing is in order to get in the space, you have to have a lot of money and you've got to yep. be willing to put it at risk. Um, and so that the the that can be challenging, but the good thing is it keeps out a lot of groups that would really change the dynamics of the the industry. And so much of this is about you know capital and understanding where to put these facilities um and how to navigate through the bureaucracy, as you mentioned, and the site issues and power challenges and, you know, issues with the public. Um, and, you know, those are some of the challenges that our industry faces. I'd love to get your thoughts on some of these challenges, but like, uh, you know, I would say 10 years ago, when I look at the market, um, most communities were like welcoming to uh, data center right. growth because uh, it, it was relatively new. Uh, there wasn't, you know, a lot of these uh, communities wanted the tax revenue. So there's, there was like advantages for, for them. Now the world has changed. Um, we are, you mentioned it, digital infrastructure isn't going anywhere. Companies are using this more. People are using digital infrastructure more. Um, so it, it's, it's getting harder. It's getting more um, challenging in the suburbs, in the cities across the world. You know, if you look at Europe and, and, uh, markets in Asia, same same issue. But what do you see? So th those things, but what are maybe some other challenges do you see that our industry faces today moving forward? I think power. I think power is going to be one. I mean, you're seeing what's happening on the East Coast, right? Concerns there. We've had conversations with some of the most interesting groups in the space. Uh, groups that are thinking about lithium-ion batteries in place mm -hmm. of generators. Groups that are rethinking the design, right? To just be yep. more forward-looking from a sustainability standpoint. So I, I think the challenges relate to the fact that this industry needs a voice. Um, we need to be able to articulate the value proposition to local elected officials in a way that helps them understand that, you know, you can't tell me, no, you don't want a data center as you're using your electronic device, <laughs> because th there's an irony in there, right? Sure, like if, sure. if you want to tell me, no, 
to more digital infrastructure. Yes. Yeah. You know, put get on your typewriter and that's mail right. me. Yeah, don't tweet about it. Don't, don't tweet it on, about yeah, it. That's right. Don't use don't. any apps because you are in essence undermining yeah. the very argument that you're trying to make when you use the very things that rely on digital infrastructure. And and that was part of the process of what we had to do with the city, right? I had to help them understand that this is not uh, either or. And I said, yeah. you know, Ford is not going to come back and do a plant that's going to employ a thousand people on this site. I'm sorry, if you didn't get the memo, I'm here to deliver it to, to you. And and so so with that being said, what are the other opportunities, right? The mm. pandemic was the first economic challenge, right? That we yep. kind of subsidized our way out of. We can talk about that another time. And, and then, you know, the economic challenges that came from that, right? Because mm-hmm. when you put that much money in the system, naturally there's going to be a price to pay, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if you're paying your home bills with your credit cards, at some point you're going to hit the limit and you're going to have to figure something new out. So I think it's, we're at an interesting time. The challenges are the fact that we need to define why this is so important. In traditional commercial real estate, there's a group called the Real Estate Roundtable. I think digital infrastructure, the major players, Digital Bridge, you name it, all the top platforms and the PE firms that back them should be making sure that it's clear. And the other piece, the other challenge this industry faces is staffing, right? I mean, we Mm. joked about there aren't kids being taught data center in high school. There should be. And I say data center, it's really the components of what makes digital infrastructure. Right on. Right. And all the lanes that support that. It's one of the reasons in our social impact plan, right? And this is where you tie the duality of a guy educated at University of Chicago, one of the most capitalist schools in the world, and a guy with a master's in social work, right? That's why we have a Mm. social impact plan. Because to your point, what do we need to do? Well, historically, data centers are in communities, but not of communities. You know what I mean? And and becoming of communities is how do we think about can we invest some things in high schools, elementary schools yeah. to at least expose kids? You got kids running around Chicago. They're using technology. don't even understand it. Case in point, my son loves Xbox. He's 14. Most teenage boys, the light turned on. I said, hey, do you know what that's using? He said, no. As, you know, data centers were as interested as watching paint dry. Mm-hmm. And when I said you're using a data center, his eyes perked up and it connected the dots. I then was able to take him on a tour of a data center at the University of Chicago. Yeah. The point is, we should be expanding those kinds of conversations yeah, yeah. to more young people so that, you know, when you and I are much, much older, there are people not saying, oh, I fell into the industry, but people saying, no, I, I had an interest in this when I was 15. Yep. And here's the career path I took to become this person at this level in this industry. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting that if you think 20 years from now, our industry will be a lot better if people are saying, I didn't get into this industry by accident. I got That's in right. because I took right. this course or this class or I, you know, my dad took me to this data center. I walked through That's it right. and it opened my eyes to a whole right. world that is powering, you know, what we're, what everybody is using today. And, um, okay. So I, if people, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and then we haven't talked about AI. I think yeah. AI is has tremendous benefits, but also challenges, right? Because, you know, I've been spending time, my son and I, a couple of weeks ago, just sat and watched uh, some YouTubes about AI. And it was mind blowing because there are jobs that will be disrupted, right? Whether yeah. it's the trucker or whether it's you go in a fast food restaurant and no longer a person is needed to take your order, there will be disruption. And so part of what I'm also saying is if people don't know the careers that are going to exist in 20 years, 
we're leading them to the slaughter. Yeah. It's good. That's a great point. If somebody wants to find out more about what you all are doing and kind of the Metro edge vision, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. So our website, uh, Metro edge development partners are medp.com as well as I would encourage folks. I'm going to give some pub to our uh, workforce partner, I Masons. Uh, they have a capstone project that has been very successful with college students. Uh, they actually partnered with a historical black college and they partnered with, uh, um, 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 traditional colleges to provide a curriculum that really exposes college students hmm. in a way that is helping to address, okay, 10, 15 years from now, where we have people that say they didn't fall into this industry. And I Masons is really leading the charge. And we're proud to have them as a partner on the execution of our social impact plan, which is also uh, highlighted on our website. Awesome. Well, this is um, like fascinating background. Craig, thanks for taking the time to share. And um, it'll be really fun to watch um, your project continue to grow and, and y'all's development uh, opportunities continue. But we really appreciate the the wisdom and the comments and look forward to catching up with you next time. No, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time. Mm-hmm.